Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. Mark Joseph Tyler Lopez Stern, how are you? <laughs> I am so good. Back from my honeymoon in the Caribbean after an incredible wedding celebration with you as the main star. We were so honored to have your presence. Everyone loved you. Everyone adored you. You have hundreds of new listeners stateside. You are now a celebrity in at least two different countries. Wow, that's a low bar, but I thank you very much. <laughs> and hey, it was fascinating to, to, to mingle with your friends and your family and people. People are working in the supreme court and in the mechanics of politics in America, all like around our age and many of them younger. It was really inspiring and very cool and I felt a little bit inadequate. But thanks so much for having me and being so generous with your time on your wedding day. It was lovely. And don't feel inadequate. Some of those people are still going to sell their souls later on. So you've you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're back to the grindstone. Let's jump in with a story that's been huge worldwide news the last while. This is the uh, the Jussie. I've been saying Smollett, but I've seen loads of American news anchors say Smollett. Jussie Smollett, the Empire actor, said he was the victim of a, a, a racially motivated homophobic attack. Uh, two men attacked him. They shouted, "This is MAGA country." They put a new around his neck they doused him in bleach so he said he went on Good Morning America he did a big TV interview now Mark all is not what it seems yeah, that's exactly right. And I have to say, you know, when we discussed this a few weeks ago, I was a little bit skeptical of these claims because the entire thing sounded uh, almost too perfectly stereotypical to be true. That just didn't quite ring right to me. And now the story that Jesse told is really falling apart. Uh, it turns out that the two individuals who allegedly jumped him uh, are brothers, uh, and they are individuals that may have worked worked on his show Empire. They are people that he knows, allegedly, and he may have staged the entire thing. Some sources in the Chicago Police Department have revealed to CNN and other outlets that he may have paid them in order to stage this attack uh, for reasons that remain unclear, uh, perhaps to get attention, perhaps to solidify uh, his role on the show. It's just very hazy still, but it's definitely a sure thing that this was not what he told us at first. It's not what it seemed. And he may have actually committed a crime himself if he truly faked this and then covered it up because that is most definitely illegal and if that's truly what he did he himself could wind up in prison okay now that remains to be proven in a court of law and all that if it is the case that he faked this attack for whatever his motives um how damaging is it to i guess the general cause um that he was purported to support um, to, to the, the black rights activist movement and that. 
Yeah, I mean, that is a terrific question, and I think it's incredibly damaging because, you know, hate crimes are real in this country, right? The FBI tracks them. There are thousands every year. Hate crimes against black people and gay people have spiked in the Trump era. We know that that is true. But this kind of high-profile hoax, if it was a hoax, and like you said, we don't know for sure. All we know is that everything is not what it seemed. But if it was a hoax, then it gives conservatives and skeptics of the racial justice movement, the gay rights movement, it gives them fodder to claim that all hate crimes aren't real. You know, there are already a lot of articles on sort of right-wing websites saying, hey, look, Jussie Smollett was a hoax, and we think a lot of other alleged hate crimes were a hoax, too. We think this is all getting blown out of proportion, and hate crimes aren't a real problem. That is awful. That is obviously very, very damaging to equality and just basic safety here for minorities in the U.S., because we need to remain vigilant about this stuff. But now, every time there's a reported hate crime, you're going to see people on the right say, oh, well, remember Jussie. He was faked, so maybe this could be fake, too. Uh, And that is incredibly disappointing and I think kind of scary for those of us who could be targets of hate crimes who will now have to face undue skepticism if we're ever the victim of an attack. Also, it's uh, it's given credence to people who would say that the, the liberal media was too quick to report this as absolute fact to hold it up as the worst of America and shining a mirror on itself type thing. Are the media compromised, do you think, in how they've reported like at least you you initially said this is skeptical I need to wait for more info but a lot of people took it as pure fact you know what? I do agree with that criticism, and, and I, I don't think that our media has a huge liberal bias here. I think that's mostly made up, but there was a clear uh, pro- gullibility, sort of credulousness problem here, where almost every outlet that reported this attack reported it without noting a lot of the red flags that seemed to be present from the beginning. They reported it credulously as though it was clearly correct. CNN, Washington Post, even the New York Times, uh, they started reporting on it like it was an absolute fact and then others jumped in and corroborated that you had senator kamala harris who's running for president release a statement and so suddenly the narrative became this absolutely happened and it's absolutely true and once that narrative takes off it's really hard to backtrack and add some skepticism so i do think that this will be a moment of soul searching for the media i think you know we shouldn't just say oh all hate crimes are hoaxes we do need to look at instances like this especially high-profile celebrity-involved cases and say, let's analyze for red flags, let's kind of slow our roll and figure out what's truth, what's fiction, and what needs to be reported with a great deal of skepticism. Okay, we'll see uh, We'll see if any char- charges are brought against uh, Jussie, and maybe we can pick up on that one next week. We're going to take a quick musical interlude. Let's do Childish Gambino, This Is America. And then I want to talk to you about Bernie Sanders, who's back in the race for 2020 at 77 years old. We're back at Mark Joseph Tyler Lopez Stern after this. Here we go. That right there was Childish Gambino. This is America. We're talking to Mark Joseph Stern, fresh from his honeymoon. Now, Mark, uh, Bernie Sanders narrowly missed out on the nomination against Hillary last time running against Trump. He's back. He's uh, uh, formally thrown his hat in the ring. Um, He's 77 years old. I saw he's, you know, he's not claimed by the Democratic Party, but he's certainly Democrat leaning. Uh, I saw Stephen Colbert take the absolute mick out of him. I saw Jimmy Fallon take the absolute mick out of him. Hello, I'm Bernie Sanders, (laughs) and I'm yelling for president of the United States. 
That's right, I'm running and everyone's talking about it. I've been trending all day on the Twitter. Hash Brown, Bernie Sanders 2020. So is Bernie Sanders a laughing stock? Is he over the hill? Is he too old? Or is this, is this all grossly unfair? I think it's really grossly unfair, and I say that as someone who did not support Bernie in 2016, as listeners may remember. You know, I thought that Bernie was kind of a ridiculous candidate in 2016. I thought Hillary was clearly superior. I don't know if that's true anymore. Obviously, Hillary could not beat Trump. Uh, that, that definitely makes me think maybe Bernie had some magic to him I didn't understand. And I have to say, like, if you look at his fundraising numbers, right, American elections are all about money. And in in his first 24 hours since announcing his presidential campaign, Bernie Sanders has raised $6 million from 220,000 donors, and the average donation was $27. All right, that means that he has a really big base of grassroots support still, even two years later after the election, that is willing to fork over their money to him as soon as he announces, and a lot of these people are going to keep giving. And that suggests to me that Stephen Colbert might be a little out of touch with what Democrats all across America want to hear. Uh, Bernie still has a lot of appeal. He may be 77, kind of old and rambly and an old white dude, but people in the Democratic Party love what he has to say about economic justice and fairness. I think we underrate him at our own peril because this guy almost beat Hillary in 2016. He is, I think, an absolute front runner for the 2020 primary. Okay, do you think he'll he'll ultimately garner the nomination because there's more people already throwing their hat in the ring this time around versus the last election, I think, and it's a more diverse field. There's the first openly gay candidate. Uh, there's African-American women. It's a diverse field. And like you said, he's an old white dude. Uh, do you think he'll, he'll, he'll get the nomination ultimately? So I think it's a, it's a difficult call, obviously. I do not think he will clinch the nomination. And I think that's only because... So much of what he said in 2016 has been adopted by the other candidates in this primary. You know, he was the only one out there talking about single-payer health care, you know, so truly socialized medicine in 2016. Now half the Democratic field supports it. They're sponsoring bills for it. Uh, like you said, there are black women running. There's an openly gay candidate running. People whose appeal goes beyond what they're saying to their life stories. That is very meaningful in Democratic primaries. So I think his legacy, even if he doesn't clinch this nomination, and again, I think it's a tough call, his legacy will be that all the other candidates, including, I think, any candidate who could beat him, will have sort of stolen his ideas in 2016 uh, and turned them into their platform. So even if Bernie never gets the nomination, the Democratic Party has moved toward Bernie Sanders, uh, and I think that's an incredible victory for him. I'll wrap it up with this. I'm looking at a letter that's doing the rounds from Bernie Sanders when he was mayor of uh, the city of Burlington in Vermont from the 15th of July, 1981, before uh, we were alive, I think. Uh, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, 10 Downing Street, London, England. Dear Miss Thatcher, we are deeply disturbed by your government's unwillingness to stop the abuse, humiliation and degrading treatment of the Irish prisoners now on hunger strikes in Northern Ireland. We ask you to end your intransigent policy towards the prisoners before the reputation of the English people for fair play and simple decency is further damaged in the eyes of the people of Vermont and the United States. Sincerely, Bernie Sanders. So, Extraordinary. Okay. Extraordinary. This is a man who might be boring himself, but has been on the right side of so many conflicts over the years. It's really hard to deny his appeal. 
Okay, well, uh, yeah, it remains to be seen, but you're saying maybe not the nomination, but he's going to run a good game. Mark, listen, uh, congratulations again on your wedding. I hope you had a lovely uh, honeymoon and that the, the transition back to work life, even as a married man, isn't, uh, isn't so terrible. Thanks so much. I'm still getting used to wearing the ring. I'm a little fidgety with it, but I'm sure I'll get there. He liked it. He put a ring on it. Mark Joseph Stern, <laughs> thanks, Avil. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Do it. This is 2FM.